Welcome to The Shalene Show. Shalene is a New York Times bestselling author, celebrity fitness trainer, and obsessed with helping you live your dream life. Hey there, welcome to this edition of The Shalene Show, where today we are talking about wine. Now we're talking about wine because you've been whining about it. Not really. But I did get a ton of questions after the episode I did on alcohol, which by the way, if you missed that episode where I talked about the types of drinks that you could indulge in, what was the best or lowest sugar type alcohol, um, if you're going to have a cocktail, what's the truth about health and drinking red wine, and so much more. How does it affect your training? How does it affect your hormones? Everything you would need to know about alcohol and your body is in that episode. I will link to that in our show notes. But the number one follow-up question I got was with regard to sugar-free wine, because I mentioned it in that episode. I mentioned that I had discovered from listening to another podcaster in the health category, Dave Asprey. I listened to his Bulletproof episode about a company called Dry Farm Wines that imports wines from Europe that are sugar-free. So I discovered these wines, and by the way, I'm not a, a wine drinker, but I discovered these wines, and they've been a game changer. And I mentioned them briefly in that episode, and I got like just bombarded with questions. And I'm definitely not the expert here. So I thought, what a great opportunity to bring the expert on. So today, my guest is Todd White. Todd White is a health evangelist, and he's also the founder of Dry Farm Wines. Todd is a serial entrepreneur like many of us, and he discovered or developed, founded, if you will, this business of importing wines in an effort to solve his own problem. He switched to the ketogenic diet, was trying to figure out how he could drink wine and still stay within ketosis, and discovered that the wines here in America, the least of the problem was the sugar. And, oh my God, you know what? I'm not going to spill the beans. Or should I say, I'm not going to spill the red wine. But if you're one of those people who listens to my podcast on your commute and you usually only make it through 20 or 30 minutes, I just want to make sure you don't miss this really cool bonus that Todd mentions at kind of the end of the whole interview, where he promises that you're going to love Dry Farm Wine so much it gives you a 100% money back guarantee. And even better than that, for listeners of The Shalene Show, he's got a special deal for you. If you go to Dry Farm Wines, plural on the wines, dryfarmwines.com forward slash Shalene, when you sign up for a monthly membership, because this is a monthly membership subscription, you get one additional bottle for a penny. So you get seven bottles for the price of six. And by the way, it's really easy to cancel. How do I know that? Because I placed two orders by accident and I canceled one. It's just really simple to cancel. So if it's something you're interested in trying, I want to make sure you know about that great bonus that he gives us in the event that you don't make it all the way to the end of this interview. But I hope that you will because it's loaded with information you need to know. So I start this interview by just cutting right to the chase and asking Todd, what's the problem? What's the big deal? What's the issue with the wines here in the United States, domestic wines? What do we need to know? What don't we know? What's the truth about the health benefits of red wine? And are those health benefits true if what we're drinking isn't labeled, if the ingredients are not labeled and we don't know what we're drinking? Okay, here's Todd. For conventional wines, here's what's happening. The FDA approved 76 additives for the use in winemaking, some pretty nasty chemicals. 
Why doesn't your audience know about these additives? Because the wine industry, with some help from their friends in Washington, D.C., politicians, the wine industry spent tens of millions of dollars in lobby money to keep contents label off of wine. That is crazy to me. So here's the deal. The wine industry has been very successful in keeping all of this a secret until Mm -hmm. I came along. And I discovered all this quite by accident. But let's stay focused on these 76 additives that are contained in some combination in most all wines. That's the additives are just one of the problems, but it's the chief glaring problem of toxicity in wine and why wines smell the way they do, why they taste the way they do. And most people think that's just how wine tastes, but that's mm. not what real wine tastes like. These 76 additives, which have been hidden from public view because there's no contents label on the wine bottle. Wine is the largest major food product without any kind of contents label. Right. And so if it had a contents label on it, it would look just like the rest of processed foods that we're watching the labels on. It contain mm. a whole bunch of chemicals and compounds that you have no idea what they are or what they mean. Where a natural wine, real wine contains just one thing, fermented grape juice, nothing mm. else, nothing added, nothing taken away. That's a natural wine. Less than one percent of all wines in the world are natural. Right. It's not very profitable to make these wines. You can't make them in large quantities. People don't understand. People just assume, again, that all wines are natural, and in fact, they're not. What Dry Farm Wines does, we sell natural wines. So the first thing that comes to mind, people say, well, aren't all wines natural? Well, in fact, they're not. Most wines are not natural. So what's happened in the wine supply around corporate consolidation? In the United States, 50% of all wines manufactured in the United States are made just by three giant wine conglomerates. In fact, the top 30 wine companies in the United States make over 70% of all the wines. The reason you don't know that is because these vast, slick, multi-billion dollar marketing conglomerates hide behind thousands of labels and brands. To have you believe that you're drinking from a farmhouse or a little Mm -hmm. shop, when in fact you're drinking wines that are manufactured in massive factories in Central California, where most Mm -hmm. wines are made. So here's what's happening with conventional wines. And that conventional wines, I'm going to use two descriptions here of wine. Conventional wines, that's almost all wines in the market. That's all the wines in your grocery store, all the wines in your bottle shop. Most all the wines you see in restaurants, those are conventional wines. And then there's natural wine. I'm going to tell you what the difference is between the two. But other problems associated with wine, and this is particularly harmful to women, more so than men. Mm -hmm. You guys are wired a little different. Mm -hmm. So is creeping alcohol levels. So Mm. alcohol levels have gone up steadily over the last 20 years particularly in domestic wines, but also worldwide, we don't sell any wines over 12.5% alcohol. Now, is that because the types of wines that you source are lower in alcohol, or is that a standard? We will not sell or drink a wine over 12.5% alcohol, and we sell wines as low as 6%. Most of the wines I drink are between 9.5% and 11% alcohol. So once you get below 9%, it doesn't taste like a traditional wine anymore. It starts to taste kind of like a different type of beverage. 
Here's the problem with the creeping alcohol levels. So in domestic wines, alcohol levels now are near 15% on average. Mm. That doesn't sound like 11, 15, but it's a huge difference in the impact that it has on your health and particularly your brain health. And so we recommend, look, alcohol is a very dangerous drug. Alcohol is a very dangerous neurotoxin. We think a lot about the dosage of alcohol, and this is very important. We know that moderate, very moderate amounts of alcohol, and particularly red wine, are healthy for you. This is a pretty agreed-on fact. What we also know is that too high a dose of alcohol is unhealthy, and particularly mm-hmm. for women in uh, increasing cancer rates. A couple questions come up before sure. we get too far. The first is natural wines. Is that a label that's governed. So if I if I find a natural wine here, if I live in the United States and I find a wine that's labeled natural wine, is that a term that's regulated by the FDA? It is not regulated anywhere in the world. It is a generally accepted term okay. in the wine world to mean wines made, to mean wines grown and fermented with very specific natural wine protocols, but there's no one governing that. that. Got it. My second question is, when it comes to the term moderation or lower dosage, I think that's where we get in trouble. I have a friend who happens to be a a psychologist, and she said to me the other day, I can't tell you how many women come in and suggest that they have an occasional glass of wine. But when I dig a little deeper, they're really drinking like a half a bottle or even a whole bottle at night. So how they're drinking every day, too. So So how do we define that? Let's start with that, you know. I mean, you're, well, you're a guy who you, you have a vested interest in people drinking more wine. I do. But I'm also the first guy to tell you it's a very dangerous drug. I'm probably the only person in the wine business that tells you you should drink less. It's one of the reasons why I have you on the show, because I appreciate right. that transparency. I drink between half a bottle and a bottle per day. That's with a meal. I only drink at dinner. That's over a course of three or four hours. How so, many glasses are in a half a bottle? About Two and a half or three glasses, depending upon the pour size. So did you say that you drink a bottle a day? Between a half a bottle and a bottle per day, most days, unless I'm fasting. Well, even like three glasses of wine sounds like a lot to me. Well, at 11%, it's a totally different experience Mm. than a traditional wine. You don't have the same negative impact. This is true. Uh, See, most people don't have a glass. They have several. This is the reason it's super important to know the alcohol amount contained in the wine. And Mm. by the way, there's another little government trick here. The alcohol stated on a bottle of wine by law is not required to be accurate, which is why we do lab (laughs) testing. Yes, yes, yes. This is this crazy collusion between the wine industry and the U.S. government. So let me repeat the alcohol stated. On the bottle, which most people don't pay any attention to in the first place. True. But if they want to drink healthy, this is a real key point to think about. But here's the problem. The amount of alcohol stated on the bottle by law is not required to be accurate, and it is generally rounded down. And Hmm. it can be as much as a percentage and a half and still be legal. So it could say 14% on the bottle and, in fact, be 15.5% you wouldn't know, which is why at Dry Farm Wines, we lab test every wine we sell. 
What is it you're lab testing the wines for? And we're looking for a number of things in the lab test. We're looking for chemicals and additives and pesticides. We're looking for sugar. All of our wines are sugar-free. I want to stop right there because that to me didn't make sense. I'm like, wait a second. How could it be sugar-free if it's made from fermented grapes? Right. So it's the number one question we get. How are your wines sugar-free? And so here's how wine is made. And there's a key distinction here between conventional wines and natural wine. And I'll cover mm -hmm. that as well. But first of all, let's talk about the sugar-free element. When a wine is made, you take grape juice, which is teeming with sugar. It's very sweet, it's filled with sugar. The yeast eats the sugar. The byproduct of that is ethyl alcohol and carbon dioxide. Now, if a wine is allowed to fully ferment, and what that means is that the yeast eat all of the available sugar, that's known as a fully fermented wine, mm -hmm. in which case there will be no sugar left in the wine. The yeast will eat it all, and the yeast will then die. Right? Mm -hmm. That's a fully fermented wine. What's happening in commercial wines and conventional wines very mm -hmm. often is that the winemaker is using sulfur dioxide to kill the yeast prior to it completing fermentation, leaving residual sugar behind in the wine. Are it's, they doing that to speed up the process? What's the benefit of using sulfates? Well, there's a number of times that sulfur dioxide gets added to commercial and conventional wines, any number of times. But one of the times commonly is to kill the yeast to stop the fermentation, leaving residual sugar behind. And here's why. They're leaving residual sugar behind because it makes for a richer, bolder, more dense wine. And Americans love bold, rich, dense taste that help break through their dead palate that has been killed from eating <laughs> too much sugar, a lot of processed foods. Mm -hmm. and so the typical American palate is, well, it's also a global problem, is, is quite deadened. Where mm -hmm. if you eat clean, you eat lighter, fresher foods as we do, mm -hmm. right? Then your palate is more sensitive, it's more alive. We're not seeking bolder, richer, darker. We're mm -hmm. seeking lighter, fresher, cleaner, right? Mm -hmm. And so for most of your listeners who eat, you know, a healthier lifestyle with whole real foods, then we taste differently than the average person mm. because our taste buds will recover. If they've been damaged, they will recover over time. And women happen to have more sensitive taste buds than men. So that's a real advantage that women have is that they actually taste higher, better flavors than men do. If we're talking about a wine that is not a dry farm wine, for example, I mean, obviously just a domestic wine here in the U.S. What type of sugar content should we be aware? Because it's not on the label, what should we be expecting or what should we know is the average amount of sugar in domestic wine? And so sugar in wines, conventional wines can range, categorically sugar in wines can range from zero, which is our wines, mm -hmm. to as much as 300 grams per liter for dessert wines and ice wines. Now, to give you a reference point, you said dessert wines. Has, yeah, and dessert. ice wines. Ice wines are a late harvest wine. It's a type of dessert wine. They're very, mm -hmm. very, very sweet, right? And so 
at the high end, these are all dessert wines at 300 grams per liter. And to give you a reference point, Coca-Cola has 132 grams per liter. Mm-hmm. Right. So, But it's very common for conventional store-bought wines to have sugar from 5 to 50 grams per liter. Right. And I'm ketogenic. And much of our audience is low carb, paleo. They're mm-hmm. all people who are interested in, in a healthy diet, and most of them are interested in a very low sugar intake. In my particular case, because I'm ketogenic and I'm actually just rabidly against sugar, I don't eat sugar mm-hmm. in any form or shape. Mm hmm. And so a great deal of effort to be sugar-free. Therefore, I don't want to drink sugar. Also, sugar would take me out of ketosis. Sure. Well, uh, and, and we, you know, whether you're in someone who's following a ketogenic lifestyle or just someone who's trying to improve their gut health and their overall health, I mean, one thing everyone can agree upon is that as a society, we are consuming way, way, way too much sugar. And sugar is highly inflammatory, and it's hidden in so many of the things that we consume and don't even realize how much sugar we're consuming. So if there's a viable, healthier way to consume the things that we love that are lower in sugar, not suggesting that everyone needs to be, you know, ketogenic, but I think we can all agree, we all need to get really serious about taking steps to reduce inflammation and that we know the culprit there is sugar. So when we're talking about wines that are sold here in the grocery store and you know I I know you're in the business in importing wines but are there any wines here on the market where they are voluntarily supplying their ingredients on the label and producing a natural sugar-free wine? Absolutely not. And also want to make another serious? point. Serious? Yeah, absolutely not. And That's I want to make another point clear. There are two other points. One, a wine can contain sugar and you can't even taste it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, it's because the acid levels in wine are high. Same thing in Coca-Cola. If, because of the ascorbic acid, mm-hmm. you know, you couldn't drink. If it not for the acid, you couldn't drink a Coke. It would be too sweet. Right. And so acid, just like when you make lemonade and you put sugar into lemon juice, it's a while before you can taste the sugar. It's still so sour. Same kind of concept in wine. So not even we can taste the sugar in wine. The only way we know a wine is sugar free is to lab test it. And not all natural wines are sugar free. This Mm. just happens to be a requirement. So dry farm wines, the wines that we drink and sell are have criteria over and above just being natural. We have another set of criteria that wines have to meet in order to be in our portfolio because we're super health fanatics, which is why we're endorsed, as you know, by virtually every forward-looking health leader in the Mm -hmm. United States. Yeah, that's pretty powerful. To clarify for our listeners, I was under the assumption that you were growing and bottling wine. That's what Dry Farm Wines was, but that's not the case. So tell us how it is you curate your wines. So we work with, we do not sell any domestic wines. There are no wines made in the United States that meet our strict health and purity standards. We work with about 300 small family farms, primarily in Europe, four in South Africa and two in Chile, and the balance spread across Europe. These are very, very small. You can't make natural wines in very large quantity. They're very small family farms. They're all organic or biodynamically grown. We do not grow the wines. In some cases, wines are made specifically for us and to our criteria, but not made by us. 
Mm -hmm. So we curate these wines across Europe. These natural wine farmers are all kind of networked together. They know each other, Mm -hmm. right? Because they've largely been ostracized by the conventional wine industry and also even by their neighbors who think they're kind of crazy for farming organically and and not using any additives and not using any treatments to the wine too because it's very difficult and it's risky to make these wines without the use of chemicals Mm. because wines inherently have all kinds of things that can go wrong with them particularly with bacterial issues and what are called faults in wine and many natural wines have in fact some classic faults we don't buy those wines so Mm. we work with these farms we taste the wine we do lab testing on it if it meets our taste criteria we're super fanatic about taste as well if it meets our taste profile and then it clears all of our lab tests then we bring that wine into our portfolio Hmm. now we may buy it this vintage we may not buy it next year it may taste differently we might Hmm. not like the way it tastes next year it may not clear labs next year it may have some not all natural wines are low in alcohol there are natural wines that are 15 16 17 percent alcohol if I can, what percentage of wines will you reject or don't meet your criteria? So we reject about 50% of the wines that we taste on lab results. And we we reject about 50% on taste. And 100% of the wines that are made domestically. Do you think there will come a time where you'll be able to? Because of course, it's wonderful to support, you know, small farms here in the United States? Do you think there well, will come a time? Are you searching we, we for would the love right to. No, we, we're, we're talking with two now mm-hmm. that have agreed to meet our standards. And so I expect sometime later this year, we will bring a couple in. We would listen, we would love to have domestic wine, but it must meet all of our criteria. And the fact is very, very little does. Another criteria we have, which is very, very important to us and should be important to everyone for their health, is that the wines be dry farmed. Oh, so the name of your company you took from a term, a farming term, is that accurate? Or maybe I should ask, what is dry farming? There's over 99% of U.S. vineyards are irrigated. Mm -hmm. Now, it's opposite that in Europe. In most of Europe, it is actually a crime to irrigate a grapevine, Mm. right? And grapevines have been growing over 10,000 years all over the earth without irrigation. And in fact, irrigation didn't come to the United States until 1973 for grape farming. Prior to that, all U.S. vineyards were also dry farmed. Now, the reason dry farm is we could go down a wormhole in irrigation, why dry farming is so critical. But the two primary reasons are that the antioxidants, the polyphenols, over 800 polyphenols, the most famous one is called resveratrol. Mm -hmm. But there are over 800 polyphenols in red wine, just over 200 in white wines. And I'll tell you why in a moment, but which is why red wines are thought to be healthier. These antioxidants and polyphenols are significantly reduced with irrigation. Now, common sense will tell you that when you fill a grape berry with water, it dilutes everything inside the fruit, including the antioxidants. Mm. There's another reason that these antioxidant and polyphenols do not develop the same in an irrigated grapevine as well is because. In an irrigated grapevine, the root ball is about two or three feet in diameter and about three feet deep. Okay. In an unirrigated grapevine, 
the root structure can span as much as 40 or 50 feet deep. And that struggle, so the unirrigated grapevine, the reason the, these little capillaries are breaking apart tiny bits of rock and soil is it's in desperate search. It's struggling to find water and nutrient. Mm-hmm. Well, you see, an irrigated grapevine does not do that. An irrigated grapevine gets all of its food, its nutrient, and all of its water from a little drip hose above the trunk. Mm-hmm. So the root structure is very, very small. It also has a significant, and the reason, that's not the reason it's illegal in Europe. The reason it's illegal in Europe is because it dramatically affects the character and the taste of the fruit and Mm. hence the quality of the wine. Mm. Now, why do you irrigate? It's about money. Sure, of course. You have higher yield. It's easier. And the fruit weighs more because when you fill a fruit berry with water, it weighs a lot more, Right. Well, fruit is sold by the ton. So that's why you irrigate higher yield for heavier. The end result is a lower quality fruit with actually less health value. Okay, I'm going to ask this question, even though I feel like it's probably a dumb question. But what is the difference between red wine and white wine? Why is red wine better for us? How red wine gets its color is also why it's much higher in these antioxidants and polyphenols. Red wine gets its color from contact from the skin. So when wines are made, when you squeeze the juice from a white wine grape and the juice from a red wine grape, they are both clear. How red wine gets its color is that once the juice, the clear juice, is pressed from the fruit, the skins are added back into the tank Hmm. for a period of maceration. And the skins, in fact, are where the color from red wine comes from is contact with the skin. White wine doesn't have any skin contact. It's just a free-run juice. That's the reason it's clear. How dramatic is the difference, health benefits, in maybe in terms of polyphenols or reservatol, the difference between a red and a white? And, well, of course, no, specifically if we're talking about a dry farm wine. Well, there's no resveratrol in white wines. None. Okay, well, there uh, you go. Well, that's just one of, there are just over 200 of these antioxidant and polyphenols and flavonoids in white wine. There are over 800 in red wine, and the difference comes from the contact with the skin and the seeds. Mm. That's where the additional uh, health benefits come from. So if we're we're choosing to, to drink wine and thinking about the health benefits, it's better in your estimation, if I hear what you're saying, to choose a red wine? Well, it's not my estimation. It's a scientific (laughs) fact. And so no one would dispute that that claim. People might dispute whether or not wine's healthy or not, but they wouldn't dispute the claim that red wine is healthier. When we're talking about, you know, the health benefits of a red wine, I think we just have to put it out there, just like talking about the health benefits of coffee. Just read a recent study about the benefits of a dark roast. But when we're talking about the health benefits of, say, coffee or wine or anything for that matter, not all consumables are created equal. So we really can't talk about the health benefits of a red wine, frankly, that's manufactured here in the United States because we don't know what's in it. You don't know what's in it. And and the government, listen, we would love to. I mean, we believe that every wine bottle should have a contents label on it. And the fact is, every time you open up a wine bottle, you have no idea. uh, You have no idea what you're drinking. 
Unless, of course, because I think it's only fair to say that there are some wineries who are doing this voluntarily, labeling their wine voluntarily. I've not seen a single label with content. There's one winery in California that reportedly claims to put a label. I've never seen it, but you would be hard-pressed to find any. I've never seen an ingredients label on a bottle of wine. I mean, Mm -hmm. I've seen some in Europe. I've never seen a domestic wine with, and there are very, very few in Europe. The U.S. wine industry has lobbied aggressively. There have been a number of efforts to have them list content. Mm-hmm. And they have been successfully defeated. Think about like wine experts, like a sommelier. Is that how you say it? Yes. Would they be able to taste it and smell a distinct difference? Would they turn their nose up at a dry farm? Are no, they, no, no, you, not, like, no, they're all classically trained in classic wines. You know, cult Classic wines. wines that are created domestically or? All over the world, domestically, internationally. But they're classically trained. Those wines are not clean or natural. Many of them contain additives. Now, there's an emerging, you know, a lot of farm-to-table restaurants now. If you live in progressive marketplaces, there, mm-hmm. you know, but there are natural wines coming onto restaurant list, but it's typically going to be in a very specific type of a restaurant, which mm-hmm. is going to be a higher end, kind of middle to higher end farm-to-table, you know, where they're really, really sensitive about what they're sourcing and when you and your wife are, are dining, actually, I don't know. Are you married? I am not married. Okay. So when you and your girlfriend are enjoying a lovely dinner, I go, oh, no, maybe it's a boyfriend. No judgment here on this show. But either way, when you're out right. to dinner with friends, do you bring your own bottle of Dry Farm? Absolutely. Just- okay. Absolutely. Now, that's kind of a cool thing. Like the first time someone told me you could bring your own bottle of wine, I'm like, are you sure? And I've been doing it lately, and I, I feel like I'm breaking the law. Uh, it depends on where you live. So. Mm-hmm. I live in California, and every restaurant in California virtually allows corkage is the official term. If I'm going to a restaurant I've never been, I just call them in advance. It's almost always allowed. There's usually mm. a charge between 15 and $25. Mm. But no wine on the list is going to be, you know, in, in a nice restaurant, you're not going to find bottles on the list for usually less than 40 or $50, right? So even by the time our wines cost on average $22 a bottle. Mm -hmm. So then you add another $20 and you're still at $42, even if you carry in your own wine. Yeah. But I want to carry in my own wine because I want to drink healthy wines. I want to drink clean wines. And so, but different states have different laws. Some states do not allow corkage Mm -hmm. and, and some states customarily the restaurant tours are more open to it than others, but most states do. And you just call the restaurant and ask what their corkage policy is. Why is it when I drink a dry farm wine, I don't have any hangover. I, I don't have any headache. And I would always experience that with domestic wines. Well, there's several reasons. So first of all, as we've already talked about, they're lower in alcohol. This makes a huge, huge difference. I know it doesn't sound like they're a lot lower, but it makes a huge difference. Alcohol creates dehydration. Dehydration creates waking you up in the middle of the night. It also creates hangovers. The other big problem with conventional wines are biogenetic amines, and the two primary offenders are tyramine and histamine. Women are Mm -hmm. particularly susceptible to this. These are generally much higher in red wines because it 
it can be exacerbated by the skin contact if it's too long. Okay, so I've heard that the darker a red wine, the better the quality. Is that true? There's no truth to that statement at all. In fact, really? I it's the contrary. But how wines get darker is by having these extended macerations or extended contact with skin. So these conventional wines are having much longer skin contact. Therefore, histamine and tyramine is very much elevated in these wines. In addition to that, color agents like dyes are put into wine to make them darker. Mm. Have you ever gotten like a, like, a, like a food coloring? Like we're literally, they're adding color to wine? There's a color agent, the most, <sighs> the most popular one's called Mega Purple. Mm-hmm. This is an additive to wine. Have you ever gotten purple teeth, red teeth, stained teeth from drinking red wines? Probably. Okay, well, you wouldn't get those from our wines. They don't stain your teeth. Red wine, Our red wines don't. But most often these stained or purple teeth are coming from these added color agents from making wine darker. Because, again, Americans believe the darker a red wine is, the higher the quality. That's not true. So anyway, this longer maceration on the skin, the soaking on the skin also creates a darker wine. It also raises the tyramine and histamine levels in wine. Mm. So this is reason women in particular have a very difficult time with red wines more so than white wines. Now, it's commonly thought, this is not true, that the sulfites are causing these problems. But sulfites are actually higher in white wines than red wines. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about sulfites for a second. All wine bottles, by law, contain the disclosure that the wine contains sulfites. Well, sulfites are contained in all fermented products. Sulfites are a naturally occurring compound during the fermentation process. And the issue in conventional wines is whether or not sulfur dioxide is introduced to the wine to sterilize and preserve it. Most all wines have high doses of sulfur dioxide. These can also cause people to feel bad. Natural wines do not contain these added sulfites. Mm. But and so are they adding sulfites to the, um, is, is that part of the process to speed up the fermentation? It is not. It doesn't speed it up. What it does is it sterilizes the wine and makes it shelf safe so that it makes it taste very consistent right Mm -hmm. so every bottle tastes consistent year after year it's consistent sits on the shelf for a long time it's consistent because the wine's been sterilized when this sulfur dioxide natural wines are not like that does that mean that natural wines don't have the same shelf life that they won't last as long as one with the uh... no that doesn't it doesn't mean that it just means that natural wines have they taste different, as you've noted from the taste of our wines. Yeah. They're more soulful. They have an energy. They've not been killed. They've not been mm. mummified and McDonaldized. Right? <laughs> and this is what they do to conventional commercial wines. They mummify it. They kill the wine. And then they want this super consistent kind of McDonaldized taste. Mm. Right? They don't contain any life or energy. Natural wines have soul and kind of energy. They're still alive. I would also tell you another primary gut benefit, and Dr. David Perlmutter has published on this any number of times about natural wines, and he also endorses dry farm wines, is that when you sterilize the wine, you're also killing lots and lots of 
gut-friendly microbiome and bacteria that are in them. So lab tests have shown that natural wines, which are still alive and teeming with these bacteria, are very beneficial to the gut biome. And these elements of benefit have been removed from commercial wine through the sterilization process. Wow, that's pretty powerful. I want to ask you, I think the average person assumes that, you know, we're being protected by our government and, you know, wine in and of itself wouldn't have all these additional ingredients. Was there ever a time in the United States when we were doing this a little better, where it wasn't so commercialized, where wine was perhaps healthier for us than what's available domestically today? Absolutely. Absolutely. Up until 50 years ago or so, all wines were natural. Mm. All wines were also unirrigated. They were dry farmed in the United States. Wines were also much lower in alcohol in the United States. Now, as I said, they average almost 15%. But in the 1970s, prior to 1970s, early 1970s, most of the wines in the U.S. were also 12 and a 12.5%. For those who are interested in trying dry farm wines, when they go to the website, is it possible to just select one bottle? And is that the only way to get dry farm wines? Are they available from a retail aspect or, you know, are there any restaurants or bars that are serving it? No. So our wines, we don't sell any of our wines to restaurants or to retailers. So the only way to get wine from us is to buy it directly from us or Mm -hmm. uh, from from our website. Mm -hmm. So we're a wine club. There are two ways to get wine from us. We're a wine club. So we're members get regular shipments on any frequency they want. To their right to their doorstep. And the reason that we're a wine club is because we are regular drinkers. We're regular wine drinkers, and we wanted to help other regular wine drinkers, mm-hmm. right? And so we can do the most amount of help and help the most amount of people who are regular wine drinkers. That's really our audience. But mm-hmm. that being said, so if you go to our website, we're a wine club. Mm-hmm. If you sign up for our mail list, our email list on our website, then we do one-time promotions throughout the month that allow you to buy wine without a subscription. We, now, if you do subscribe and you want to stop or pause or cancel, we don't make that difficult. You could sign up for our wine club and cancel the same day, as do approximately 12% of our purchasers because they want to try our wine. I see. So they go in and they sign up for the club, they get a box shipped, and then they cancel the same day or the next day because they just want to get a box and try it. And, then, and I'll bet you 100 bucks that they <laughs> re-sign up. Yeah, it's, it's super easy to resume your shipment. So we're not trying to trick people into a membership or make it difficult to get out of. And also, I'd mention that we have a 100% happiness guarantee. So any bottle of wine or box of wine you don't like, we'll give you money back or replace it for free. No questions asked. What is the minimum number of bottles that someone, what what does a membership look like? We have two levels of membership, Mm -hmm. six bottles or 12, and that can be monthly, every other month, quarterly. You can order any frequency you want. Most of our customers get wines monthly or every other month. And about half of them get six and about the other half get 12. And we have some customers that get up to four or five cases per month. Sure. Right. So they drink a bottle a day. And so 
we're able to have the highest health impact on people who are regular drinkers, right? Who drink wine on a regular basis mm-hmm. every day or every couple of days. And those are people who find it convenient and most cost effective to just subscribe to our wine club. Our wines are not expensive either, particularly for a fine handcrafted product. So mm-hmm. our wines average $22 a bottle. And the interesting thing is that we curate every box, every shipment is curated with different wines from around the world. Yeah. And you can set up your ship to get all red, all white or mixed. And then throughout the month, we have special offers on sparkling or rosés. And those are go out over our mail list. So Ooh, I haven't tried any of those. Yeah, so and then we do ha- holiday packages and all kinds of things throughout the year. You can do gifting and all kinds of things. But if you just go to our website, then you're going to sign up for our membership as you know, as thousands and thousands of people do every mm-hmm. month. When I first signed up, I wasn't sure. You know, I didn't know what they would taste like. I didn't know. I had no idea how much wine we might drink. You know, as I said, I'm not crazy about wine. I always have it here in case we have guests over. So I ordered my first shipment. The six bottles arrived. I took one sip of the first one and I was like, what the what? This is so different. It's literally so different. It was a completely different smell, a different taste. I enjoyed it immediately. Sometimes I felt like I was trying to like, I don't know, force down wine. Then the next day having no hangover was crazy exciting. So I immediately, as I do with anything I fall in love with, started like telling all my friends, like, you've got to try this and bringing them over bottles. And then I realized sometimes it's a bad idea to share because then we didn't have any wine. I was like, I finally found this wine that I love, but now I, I've given away all my bottles or shared all my bottles. So we quickly had to, you know, say, okay, h- how do we get another shipment pretty quickly? So let's say somebody does order their first six bottle shipment. They share it with their friends and they want another shipment to arrive before the beginning of the next month. Is there a way to purchase it in between? Yeah. So all of this can in the box. Uh, there's a bunch of materials contained in the box telling you about the wines and about us and in there, it also covers this very issue. So people will taste the wine. They're like, oh, can I get a case of that wine? Mm-hmm. You know, really in love with that wine. So, so yeah, we have a simple email address for that. It's VIP at dryfarmwines.com. And you can just reorder or order anytime you want, as much or as little as you want, just by emailing. But for your customers today, I know we're coming up on time. Mm-hmm. We have a special offer for your audience, a one penny bottle of wine that we'll send out with their order and they Does that can, mean when someone signs up to for they their get first a free shipment? bottle of wine oh yes. so there you go you've just taken care of the the issue of not wanting to share one of your six you actually yeah, get exactly. all you, so share awesome. you get an extra bottle and they can find that offer uniquely at an address for you so just dryfarmwines.com forward slash chalene and you will find that penny bottle offer that's awesome. Thank you so much for that. I know that my audience will take advantage of it. It's, it's awesome. I mean, I've had so many of my friends who aren't wine drinkers try it. And one of my girlfriends, I brought it to our dinner reservation we had together, set it down the table, which was, you know, again, exciting to do that, to bring my own healthy, you know, wine to the table. And she said, well, I'm not really a wine drinker. I said, well, just try it. And she took a sip and she said, you know what this is? It's like looking through a perfectly clear glass window. And I thought that is a wonderful way to describe it. It just feels clear and clean. And you just don't get that same toxicity that I think no, a lot you of us do, you experience don't, with you other don't. wines. And, and, and 
people, yeah, the primary complaint we get is I can't drink conventional wines anymore, mm, right? And so yeah. uh, I can't, I can't have cellars or, you know, they're like, you know, what I do with this wine I have, I mean, it's like, I can't drink it. It's terrible. You know, it's, uh, but yeah, that's a great analogy because that's exactly what it's like. It's like looking through a clear window and you're seeing something and feeling something that is unexpected because you've had this traditional experience with wine. Now you're having kind of this clean experience and it's a completely different outcome. Mm-hmm. And it is hangover free. I mean, it's like, look, <laughs> I get up. And meditation is another huge part of our both professional and personal practices. It's the first thing I do when I get up in the morning. I don't want to get up with a hangover and try and meditate. Right. So anyway, but hey, thanks for having me on the show today. And hopefully your audience has uh, learned a few facts about the wine business and and how to drink healthy wines. And hopefully they'll give Dry Farm Wines a try and we can change their life too. Todd, thank you for what you're doing. I really do appreciate your commitment to health and for finding this niche and helping people to do what they love in a way that actually improves their health. It's been an honor to have you here today on The Shaleen Show. Great. Thanks so much. This edition of The Shaleen Show was brought to you by 131 Movement. Stop dieting. Save your brain. Save your gut. Live longer. Feel better. Stop going on a diet or following somebody else's rules and figure out what it means to have your own diet. Figure out a method that actually serves you, that helps you to be a better version of yourself. Let go of all of this craziness and confusion that surrounds diet and understand the science, the science of one, the study of one. Join the 131 movement today. We're taking back the word diet and getting what we are rightfully entitled to which is our health. You deserve not just to look amazing, but to feel amazing. I'd love for you to learn more about my personal journey and why this is a true passion for me. I invite you to learn more by going to 131movement.com.